of the Daily Princetonian, I'm Vitus LaRue. You're listening to Daybreak. Today, we cover underclassmen room draw data, progress on CPS improvements, NPR quitting Twitter, and Prince Harry's intent to attend the coronation of King Charles. It's Thursday, April 13th. Room draw can be an exciting, nerve-wracking, or terrifying experience depending on where you are on the room draw list. This is especially true of upperclassmen room draw, where the list is long and the rooms vary significantly in quality and size. We sat down with assistant data editor Ryan Konarska to see which rooms got snatched last, as well as to look into interesting room draw tens. Can you start by saying your name and what you do here for the Prince? Hi, I'm Ryan Konarska, and I'm an assistant data editor. Thanks, Ryan. Did you notice any interesting trends in geographic location during upperclassmen room draw? Well, it was really interesting to notice that between the West Campus area, um, halls like 1901, Henry Folk, and the Elm Drive area, halls like Patton, Wright, and Dodd, there really wasn't a difference um, in the speed or like the rate at which um, rooms were drawn, despite many people believing that the Elm Drive um, area has better housing. So that was one of the interesting trends that we noticed. Um, but by far, the quickest area of campus to go was Scully Hall, probably due to its high incidence of singles and doubles. Interesting. So were there any halls that completely ran out of rooms? Dodd, Scully, and Wright completely ran out of rooms, while Brown Hall had the most rooms left at the end. About 30% of the rooms in Brown were not taken, um, but I believe almost all of those were quads. And did any room types run out during room draw? Singles ran out early on April 6th, which was the second to last day of draw, meaning that uh, the last portion of the juniors did not have the chance to draw for singles. Um, About 75% of singles were taken by the senior class in the upper classroom draw. Interesting. What was the last single drawn? The last single drawn was Pine 230, which is a measly 82 square feet, making it the smallest single on campus. Interesting. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. You can read more about room draw data by reading Ryan's piece, available in the show notes or on dailyprincetonian.com. Improvements are being made to mental health resources on campus, as there has been a progress on a number of goals set out by the USG Mental Health Working Group. The Mental Health Report, released in September of last year, set out goals regarding funding of specific mental health resources, including improved access to off-campus mental health resources through a Lyft rideshare program and the creation of a CPS care line. Additionally, a UHS Student Health Advisory Board has been established to meet with upper-level staff from UHS and CPS to plan for better engagement with students on mental health issues. In addition to other university mental health programming improvements, Vice President for Campus Life Rochelle Calhoun has shared that, quote, the average wait time for an initial consultation this past semester has been three days, and the average wait time for intake after the initial consultation has been a week, down from 5.22 days and 14.75 days, respectively. On Wednesday, NPR announced their departure from Twitter after receiving a, quote, state-affiliated label. This label has been used in the past to identify media whose government has editorial influence, such as Chinese and Russian state-affiliated media. Although NPR receives money from the government, less than 1% of its budget comes from Corporation for Public Broadcasting, which serves as the federal investor in public media outlets. Other major news outlets have also received this label, despite not having governmental editorial influence, but have chosen to remain on Twitter following their labeling. Currently, NPR and PBS hold the label of, quote, government-funded media, while the BBC has a different, quote, publicly-funded media label. CEO of NPR, John Lansing, told NPR reporters, quote, The whole point isn't whether or not we're government-funded. The point is independence, because all journalism has a revenue of some sort. Elon Musk is considering changing the, quote, government-funded label to, quote, publicly-funded. But according to Lansing, NPR will not immediately rejoin Twitter, with or without the change in label, in order to protect the credibility of the news organization. NPR is the first major news organization to abandon the platform following its purchase by Elon Musk. In world news, 
Buckingham Palace announced Prince Harry will be attending the coronation of King Charles next month, while his wife, Meghan Markle, will remain in the United States with the couple's children. There has been much speculation as to whether or not the Sussexes would attend the historic event after they received the invitation in March. The announcement comes after Prince Harry revealed private confrontations between him and senior royals in his memoir, Spare, including between him and his brother, Prince William, and father, King Charles. The Duke has said the door is, quote, always open to his family, and he hopes that, quote, they're willing to sit down and talk about their issues. Harry's role in the coronation remains unclear, as he is no longer a working royal. King Charles and Queen Consort Camilla will be crowned May 6th at Westminster Abbey. Today, expect another bright sunny day with a high of 87 and a nighttime low of 56. That's all for Daybreak today. Today's episode was written by Brian Mahundo, Bridget O'Neill, and me. Sound engineered by me and produced under the 147th Managing Board of the Prince. Our theme was composed by Ed Horn, class of 22. For the Daily Princetonian, I'm Vitus LaRue. Have a wonderful day.